I want to start this morning by sharing a basic principle. The principle is this. Our expectations, our assumptions, will shape how we look at what is happening now and what will happen in the future and how we look at our today and our tomorrow will shape how we live today. Let me repeat that. That was a mouthful. Our expectations will shape how we look at our today and our tomorrow. And how we look at our today and our tomorrow will affect how we live today. Now the reason that I bring this up is because we're going to be challenged today about how we view the success of the kingdom of God and the advance of the gospel as we continue to see Jesus' ministry and the preaching of the gospel message going out how will we look at, how do we view the, uh, the success and the advance of the kingdom of God today? And this will be an opportunity to build our lives on biblical expectations and to check our own hearts and, and our own expectations as we think of the gospel going out, the good news of Jesus Christ today. And I want to suggest uh, two points, and these two go together. On the one hand, we should expect that some will reject the Messiah and his message. But on the other, we should expect that the message of the Messiah, the good news of his kingdom, is enough, that it is able to. To save. And it continues to go out and to bear fruit t- today. So, with that introduction, if you would turn with me to Mark chapter 6, we'll be reading the first six verses, <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll go on and we'll read after that in a moment. I'll begin by reading Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. He, that is Jesus, went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. 
And he went about among the villages teaching. We'll pause there. As we've been studying Mark's gospel, we've seen that Jesus is the Messiah. That is, he is the the promised king and savior that God had declared would come and deliver his people. He is God and Lord. And the good news of his kingdom is being preached. He has come. And now Jesus comes back to the place where He was raised, to His hometown. And His homecoming wasn't a time of rejoicing. For He comes back and He comes and He teaches them from the Word of God as was His custom. He would go into the synagogue and then they would allow Him to to uh, speak from the Word of God. Luke chapter 4 tells us that he was speaking about the prophet Isaiah, declaring that these things that were spoken of by the prophet Isaiah come to pass in their hearing. Mark focuses on the people's response to what he said. They ask, where did this man get these things where did it come from what is the source of of this wisdom and the power that he has see they knew this man's occupation and his mom and his whole family they could list his brothers his sisters lived right there in town They could not put the Jesus that they knew together with the wisdom and the works that he did and said. In the end, they refuse here to accept Jesus and his message. They cannot accept Jesus because all they can see is Jesus the carpenter. It seemed foolish. To them that this man could be the Messiah. So they were offended at him. How could he say such things? They stumbled over him. And as a result, we see that in verses 5 and 6, Jesus marvels at their unbelief. And he, he moves on to other villages because they had rejected Him. We might put it this way. Familiarity does not equal faith. They were very familiar with the man Jesus, that they did not believe that He was the Son of God, the One who had come to save His people from their sins. And so it is that 
we can be familiar with various aspects of Jesus and who He is and yet not believe. It is possible as Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7 that people will come to Him on the last day and say, Lord, hey, we're buddies. And we did these things, these works. Look at us and the power that we showed. But they did not know Him. And Jesus will say, I don't know you. So this is an opportunity as we think of this story to check our own hearts. To consider what we believe about this one who is Jesus, calls Himself the Son of God. So there are those who will reject Jesus. But the Gospel still goes out. Jesus continues teaching. Moves on to the other villages. And then the teacher sends out his disciples to proclaim good news. We're going to continue reading verses 7 to 13. Verses 7 to 13 conclude our text. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So ends our scripture for this morning. I think it would be helpful just to back up and just to remember quickly that Jesus had appointed the twelve in Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 19. We read this, that, that out of the crowd He called some to be especially His, his disciples, those who would go with Him. And in everything that He did, they would follow Him and learn of Him. And now... Now he has decided it's time to send them out. Now this is only a preliminary mission of sorts. He will send them out again as he ascends to heaven to go to all the ends of the earth. But right now he's sending out the twelve in pairs to be his messenger, particularly to the people of the house of Israel. You can read about that in Matthew's Gospel. I think Matthew 10, if I wrote down correctly. And so he sends them out as his messengers in pairs. And they are given 
the authority of the Messiah to accomplish their mission. And so as you look at the text here in verses 7 to 12, uh, and verses um, 8 and 9, you notice that they go in the power of God with nothing. Except a staff and sandals and the clothes that they were wearing. They weren't take, to take all these other things. They weren't to go find a money bag. To make sure they had all these things lined up. They were to go with what they had. Trusting that the Lord would provide. This was... To show that it was not of themselves. This was to show that this was of the power of God. It was the Lord who had accomplished this work through them and He would provide. Do we believe when we go out, when we speak to our neighbors, when we speak to our friends and our family, that God will provide, that it is His power and that it is not of ourselves. Something to think about. Jesus gives two further instructions in verses 10 and 11. Verse 10, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart. That is to depart from that community or that that area. And verse 11, if any place will not receive you, if they're not going to listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony or a sign against them. So first we have the command not to seek what was better for themselves really, not to move on to a nicer house, to one with better food or a comfier bed. They were to instead to be devoted to their mission and to go where they were welcome and to stay there, to be faithful. Not to leave as long as they were able to be a blessing to those who are open to hearing the words of God. It is easy for us to become distracted when God has called us to be a light and to give the words of life to those who are open to receive it. And so... Jesus reminds them they're on a mission to be a blessing to those who are welcoming them. Then he adds instruction for when they're not received, when they're not welcome. Basically, he says, leave. And shaking the dust off of their feet would be a sign of that they were 
leaving them to their own decision, to their own rejection of, ultimately it wasn't a rejection of them, but it was a rejection of their Lord and of the good news that he offered to those towns and villages through the, through the disciples. So we have a mission to go, trusting in the provision and power of God to those who are willing to listen and to stick with them. We also have a message. Mark ends by telling us they do go out and they show the power of God in these signs and wonders proclaiming the good news that people should repent. It's a simple message that people are to turn from their sins to serve the living God. This is the good news. That all people should, instead of serving the created things, should turn from worshiping that which is worthless in comparison to the Lord, their God, their King. We don't like the word repentance. It has a, this is bad news. Let's forget about that. Let's talk about forgiveness. There is no forgiveness without repentance. Without a turning from our sins to receive the grace of God that is poured out in Jesus Christ. This is the message that we bear. That Jesus died for the sins of the world. That He rose again. That whoever believes in Him will have life in His kingdom. People can't remain neutral. See that here. When the disciples go out, there's the welcomers, people that welcome the message, and the people that reject the messengers and the message. So there's an urgency and an an importance to this. So what can we learn then? as we think about this going out of the gospel and bringing the message, the good news of repentance from sins and life to the Messiah. I'm going to talk about two things. The first is that uh, rejection is not out of step with gospel proclamation. It's not out of place 
to expect or to see rejection where the good news is proclaimed. Some will always reject Jesus as they did in Nazareth, as the disciples encountered in the villages as they went out to proclaim good news. To such people, the good news is a rock to trip over. It's too fanciful, too foolish, perhaps too demeaning to believe and to accept. It doesn't fit their expectations. Are we okay with that as Jesus' disciples? Are you and I willing to proclaim the good news, knowing that our Lord Himself was rejected by many who knew Him well. On my worst days, I have told God, no, I'm not willing. Sure, I'll tell people about you, but not. I don't want to count the cost. But I am coming to see how immeasurably more important exalting Jesus Christ, my Savior, is. And telling people about the news that brings life and peace, the only means of life and hope beyond the grave. That's so much more important than my physical well-being or my emotional, you know, do I feel, I feel rejected and people don't like the gospel. When the apostles in Acts chapter 5 were beaten by the Sanhedrin, they rejoiced to be counted worthy of suffering dishonor for the name of Jesus. Because to them, it was worth it. Jesus was worth it. So rejection is not out of step with gospel proclamation. But secondly, the gospel of God is enough. It needs nothing added. When Jesus sent out the twelve, they went out completely dependent on the power of God to speak and to heal and to cast out demons. They went with nothing, practically speaking. Went with nothing to show power of God. Now, the point here is not that Christian missionaries, all they need is one set of clothes and they're good to go. (laughs) Go out, people. The point here is that it's not about something in us. It's not of us. 
And no, we don't need all this other stuff. Jesus told His disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God. Desire it, seek after it, proclaim it, love it, live for it, tell others about it, and I'll take care of you. So don't worry. If you're seeking the Lord, and if you're seeking to be His His ambassador, the light of the world. Then God will provide. Because it is by His power that the Gospel goes out and bears fruit. We do tend to think that something else is needed though. Perhaps a sort of attraction or wisdom, or a sign. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22-24, to 24, I would encourage you to turn there if you, if you would. 1 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 22. He says, that Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. What is Paul saying in these verses? He's saying that it's the gospel of Jesus. As king crucified for the sins of his people and raised to life in power and glory that saves. That's enough. Yes. It seems foolish to the world. It causes people to stumble to hear that simple message. Salvation in Christ and His work alone. We see that very thing taking place in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. They cannot accept that this carpenter who grew up among them could be the Messiah. He was rejected. He was considered foolish. And many today would say the same thing of Jesus and the good news of His kingdom. But the Gospel is all that's needed to save those who are called by God and and will recognize the wisdom and the power of God in Jesus. For He is powerful. And he is wise. He is good. 
So we don't need to dress up the gospel. We don't need to make it more palatable. The message of repentance is what saves. Turning to the Lord God. To receive the salvation that is found through His work alone. So let me bring this back around really quickly. The rejection of the gospel and the messenger should not surprise us, but neither should the advance of the gospel. The salvation of souls is not dependent on your eloquence or my performance or what activities our church has to offer. The good news is enough. Jesus, the God-man, Lord of lords, King of kings, He is enough. For we have, as Paul says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Yes, expect rejection where the gospel goes out, but also expect that God is able to save His people through the gospel message, through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and by His resurrection. That's good news. Don't forget that. Keep that in mind. The days, weeks, and months ahead.